Hello, folks, and welcome to the show. Uh, we have a really interesting interview for you today for People of Space, and we're talking to Stephen Barber. We'll talk more about his story later. But on July 4th, 2023, on the West Coast at the Reagan Library, the Sally Ride Monument is being revealed that day uh, on July 4th. So it's uh, noon uh, in, obviously, in California at the, the Reagan Ranch. Uh, so if you are out on the West Coast and you want to go check that out, you can, but um, we'll have some images on YouTube and we'll we'll share some on Instagram too. Uh, but Stephen Barber is the person that's put everything together to make this happen uh, for, for these monuments to be made. He helped make the uh, both the Apollo 11 and Apollo 13 monuments that NASA has right now in the Moon Garden. And he's working on Sally Ride, and you'll hear later that he's working on building these monuments to many of the first. So Sally Ride being the first American woman, and there will be more uh, to come from Stephen. And uh, while Stephen's not necessarily the person that is making these monuments and these statues, he is making it possible for them to go up and for people in the aerospace industry or people who love space to invest in these types of things. And it's a really interesting story. I hope you enjoy for Independence Day. It's a big holiday here on the podcast. We've talked about uh, what we think about independence and freedom over <clears throat> the last, well, almost decade of doing this podcast. So if you do want to hear more of my thoughts on that, there are plenty of episodes. But this is a uniquely American episode talking about one of the great astronauts of all time, uh, Sally Ride, definitely one of the most influential. And it'll be revealed in front of her mother, 99 years old, and her daughter um, on that day among 4,000 other people who are supposed to be attending. So uh, please welcome Stephen Barber on the podcast and welcome to People of Space. This is the Today in Space podcast. The Starship Rocketship Pen should be coming out this week, so check out AG3D Printing dash no AG3DPrinting.etsy.com for our first piece of piece of merch. We're going to be sharing a bunch of content this Fourth of July, so go check out our Instagram page and our Facebook page. This episode had some audio issues, so. It was only on my voice. Uh, Steven's voice is fantastic. It, it's uh, not, uh, there isn't any issues. And Steven talks most of the time, so you don't even hear my awful audio. But uh, as, as historically on this podcast, we've had, we've had issues whenever our Apple uh, computer goes down our Mac, our iMac. Uh, whenever we power that down and we have to reset the mics, uh, it's always an adventure. And I thought I had to figure it out, but Zoom had... Uh, Zoom had something for me around the corner and basically uh, tripled the volume. So what you're hearing is as good as that audio is possible for me to get. Um, but I'm actually impressed that I was able to save this one. So um, don't worry, it's not going to blow your speakers out. Um, it just might have a little less quality on my track, but totally listenable and a great episode. So without further ado, welcome to the show. Let's get things going, and happy Independence Day to all the Americans, and for all of us in the hope of building a more fantastic future uh, than we have today. So, be well. Enjoy. 
Welcome to Today in Space, the All Things Space Science podcast. As always, I'm your host, Alex G. Orfanos, and we're here today for another episode of People of Science. We talk with people in the industry, we we talk about their stories, they get to share where they came from, their origin stories, and what they're doing right now in the space industry. We have really unique uh, guest here today. You get to see another side of the space industry, of the NASA story that you usually don't get to see. Um, and so, Stephen Barber, welcome to the show. Um, tell us, tell us about what what you're all about, what you're doing, and what's coming up here on Independence Day. Hey, thanks so much, man, for having me on the air. I was, I've been looking forward to this for the last couple of weeks. Great. Uh, yeah, once again, uh, my name's Steve Barber. I'm, a, I'm an award-winning filmmaker out of Los Angeles, so I'm actually sitting in my car right now because I, I was trying to get to the Reagan Library but didn't have enough time. So um, I've been really fortunate. I've been partnered with Kelsey Grammer for about 15 years from the TV show Frasier. I've uh, done a lot of World War II documentaries. My website's vanillafire.com should anybody be interested in my film work. Uh, Netflix is the great monster. They came in and they pretty much killed the independent filmmaker. So you were telling me a little bit about your story. You know, you went out, you know, I was looking for funding for films and it just disappeared. It just dried up literally in three months. It was just gone. And mm-hmm. I had raised $10 million. So I needed to do something else. And it's it's funny, you know, uh, sometimes um, success sneaks through the back door disguised as failure. And I had, a, I had Buzz Aldrin is a really dear friend of mine. I've known him for 25 years. I had pitched him a documentary. Well, he had gotten all kinds of legal problems with his kids a few years ago. It was all over mm-hmm. the papers, blah, 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 blah. And he had to shelve the documentary. I thought it was the worst mm-hmm. day of my life. It ended up being the greatest day of my life because I went, I went for a bike ride, which I'm, I'm going to go do here in about an hour. And I just kind of visioned monuments. And I can't explain to you why. I just visioned it. And I mm-hmm. thought, boy, wouldn't, I can't do the documentary yet, but I want to do something because, like I said, I'm 62 and I grew up, you know, I was nine years old when we went to, you know, we went to the moon. I, I watched all the moon la- launches and, I said, what can I do? And I said, well, I'm sure somebody has done monuments. I mean, it's the greatest story in the history of the world, right? Mm. None. One. There was one monument at the Capitol, Jack Swigert, Apollo 13, which I had seen filming a movie yeah. in 2008. And so I thought, well, so I contacted this guy and I said, listen, I saw your monument years ago. It's gorgeous. If I can go to NASA and convince them to build some monuments, would you be interested? And there was this long pause, right? And I'm thinking, oh, this guy's going to be real proprietary. and He's going to be mean as hell. And that was not the case. He goes, listen, Mr. Barber, he goes, we've been waiting for this call for 25 years. I mean, Jack Swiker had been sitting there. He goes, we wow. usually get a lot of calls on our monuments and nobody had ever called us on, on that Apollo monument. So he goes, you're the first guy to ever call. He goes, you get it done, we'll build. And, and that's how it started. So yeah, skipping through all the details, I'm pretty relentless, made a lot of calls to NASA. Uh, Buzz Aldrin helped me get to the right people. Uh, eventually NASA said, we're not going to pay for it, but we'll give you a location that, you know, which was just huge. I mean, mm. when NASA said, well, I'll tell you what we'll do. We'll put your monuments in the back. They were going to put them in the back. And then as they saw the work that my guys were doing, they decided to put them in the front. They created this whole moon garden, mm. which is mind boggling. And, and, and where, better- for, the, for those that don't know, where is this? Exactly? Kennedy, I'm sorry, the Kennedy Space Center. Cool. And so I've got the Apollo 11 sitting at the Kennedy Space Center and for four and a half years now, you know, wow. two million people, two million people here see it, which is and I'm just and what's great about my story is I'm just a regular guy. You know, I make yeah. I make a good living. I live in a rent control apartment. I drive a 2012 Kia. I'm not a man of means. But in America, if you have a, an idea, you have a vision, you know, you don't you don't have to be Richard Branson. You don't have to be Bezos. You don't have to be Bill Gates to do really substantial, significant work. Mm. And that 
you know, I didn't have my best idea until I was 57. So there's still hope if you're 21 and you're floundering, don't worry about it. You got, lot, <laughs> you, you got lots of time. So yeah. I, then I did, a, I raised 750 grand for that. I raised 750,000 for uh, Apollo 13. at the, And then I, I built Sally Ride on the East Coast last year. I raised another 300,000. And now I, I have Sally Ride. I'm unveiling her tomorrow at the Reagan Library. I raised another 300,000. And I know it sounds easy. No, but it, it doesn't. No, and, and this is great because, uh, you know, I'm an engineer, so I, I come at things from an engineering perspective. I, we do have, you know, this is this is an independent thing. Uh, we have our 3D printing shop that, you know, we've got some entrepreneurial stuff, but I wouldn't call myself a salesman or um, it's, it's a skill that I've learned. I worked in retail. I now, you know, work in the 3D printing industry and I help, you know, close sales in, in certain cases. Um, so I know the process, but I know it's not something that's for the folks who are in the STEM side of things, that aspect of working with human, working with humans or selling or those things are, are they're foreign. So it's it's good to get your perspective on it. Working with humans, as Seinfeld would say, humans, they're the worst. You know, it's you know, the funny thing is the problem. I'm a pretty good sales guy. I've been selling for 45 years, right? The problem with this sell, and it's not a problem for me, but it's a problem for people I go to, is mm. there's no return on investment. It's a different kind mm. of investment. That's what mm. I tell them. I go, look, this is about God, country, story, legacy, and patriotism. This is mm. where you get to put your name on a human being that was so much better than you, so much faster, so much stronger, so much smarter, mm. you know, and you get to put your name. It's a legacy piece. You know, I, mm. you know, and my, my, my pitch is like the air is going to smell better and the the birds are going to sound a little better. You know, right, it's just, right. So it's a really, it's a challenging sell because there is no return on investment um, mm. in the, in the financial sense. But to me, I mean, I can't be Buzz Aldrin. I can't, none of us can. Well, I can't be Neil. I mean, I got to build Neil Armstrong, Michael Collins, Buzz Aldrin. I mean, the first crew to go to another world and land on it. Who am I? I'm no one, mm. but that's the point. It's like, I'm not, no one i'm the guy that this was my destiny and i know it sounds a bit corny but there's no way that it couldn't have been because nobody had ever done it in 50 years so yeah um yeah i just i couldn't be prouder and that uh, i'm pretty i'm pretty excited right now I'm a little ramped up because it has taken me nine months to get to this moment where you know 24 hours from now i'm going to unveil the sally ride money we're going to have about three or four thousand people at the awesome. reagan library it's just going to be huge and uh it's kind of neat because I'm, that's about 40 miles away from where I'm, I'm in Santa Monica right now. Mm. Uh, Simi Valley is about 40 miles away where the Reagan library is. And uh, this will be the first time I have a monument in the state of California. I mean, I already have it. It's in the ground, but for sales purposes, you know, starting tomorrow right. or the day after I'm going to start working on Ellen Ochoa, the first Hispanic woman in space guy, Blueford, oh, the oh. first African. -American. So I'm kind of going into diversity now. But because I have a monument in California at a presidential library, I'm hoping, and it's just a hope, a modicum of hope, that this will help, you know, grease the wheels a little bit. Yeah, I mean, we, we talked a little bit in our exchanges before we, we got on the pod here um, about American exceptionalism. And I think, I think the space industry, especially where it's come over the last decade uh, to get over that hump of post-shuttle, um, you know, there's so much that you can take from the story of what America did to get itself. It was ugly. It was brutal. A lot of people put their careers on the line to push politically behind the scenes to make sure that the funding got to these private industries to, to pump this up. Um, and, and you're going around now to share the stories of those folks that, you know, for 
for the last decade, I've had people asking me, where, what's NASA doing? Right. And that's no longer the case. So I love that you're going around the country now to to put up these monuments for what I would say is what the modern day exceptionalism is, which is the space industry for America. We don't have much to to look back on uh, as Americans right now. But our space program is right now at, at a peak we haven't seen in many years. And we're standing on the we're standing on the shoulders of giants. I mean, that, I mean, that's really I mean, all the I mean, you think about. And it's hard for a young listener to that wasn't around who's in their 20s or 30s or 40s. Even I was there, man. I watched mm. John Glenn. I watched Gordon Cooper. I watched Alan Shepard as a little kid get in these little tiny spam in the can, they called it. Mm. I mean, these were su- <laughs> these these were suicide missions at best. That's a brutal way to describe uh, it. Yeah. But that's what they called it. Spam yeah. in a can. And, and they and they had like they didn't even have a window. They would just shoot them up into space and say, "Good luck, man." You know, yep. <laughs> "Good luck." I hope you you know come on. You know, it's like they didn't. I mean, what they had to do to get what the learning curve. And you know, if you think about it, from 1903, from Kitty Hawk to the time we landed on the moon was only 67 years. Yeah. I mean, 67 years from the time Kitty Hawk flew to the time Neil and Buzz landed on the moon. And I I always try to, I, and and we did it on slide rules. People yeah. are like, oh, we faked the moon landing. Yeah, yeah, we faked it six times, okay? Because yeah. the first three times wasn't enough. So we had to fake it three more times. <laughs> it's like, but the reason we went and the reason, and he, like the, this cell phone that I'm holding has 10 times more computing power, yeah. power than, than the lunar module uh, that landed on the moon. But we still had, the reason we went is because we had pilots hmm. and we had guys that could navigate, like the new Artemis that's going, isn't going to have a pilot. It's going to be computerized. They're going to push a button and hopefully the thing lands, right? But that wouldn't have been the case. Uh, Neil Armstrong was heading into a, a huge boulder field, mm. and he was one of the greatest rudder stick Navy pilots in the world. Yeah. And he got he took it off computer, and he got on the rudder, and he got on the stick, and he sticked it right down onto the ground. And people, I know they did it. Of course they did it. And they did it with protractors, and they did it with rulers, and they did it with paper. And, uh, and, and their hands, yeah. too, for anything else didn't line up. like it's. And they also had 400,000 people behind them. It wasn't yeah. like, you know, when yeah. those three guys, when those – two guys landed on the moon there were 400,000 people involved with that mm. so for the lack of computing power that we didn't have at the time we had manpower yeah we had unbelievable scientists and guys that were in rooms with that new math you know it's mm. like mm. so it, it really it, even me here it is that you know 55 years later and most people don't understand the enormity of what it meant to land on the moon or like when I watched this land on Mars and I watched that, that was in that parachute came up. Ah, that was just extraordinary. Yeah. To, to me, that was almost as monumental as the moon mm-hmm. landing. And then I actually know the guy that mic'd, put the microphone on the rover where we got to hear the oh, wind. Oh, wow. He's a, the guy's a rock musician. He lives in the valley. That's a, he well, knew, he, It's a great story. He's a, he's, yeah. he's, I, met, I met with the guy. He, he, he's a rock and roller. And he knew somebody at JPL. So that's what's really great about transitioning now 55 years later is that anybody and everybody can be part of the space program, which wasn't which wasn't the case in the 60s. So that's what's cool about it. Yeah, absolutely. Like and, um, you know, take take me back to watching that on the black and white on the TV. Remember it vividly. I love hearing about it. 1969. I was my dad was a General Motors engineer. Uh, you know, July 20th. I don't remember what day it was. I remember, I remember it was during the day and mm. 
my dad putting the TV on the ground in black and white, of course. And my sister was like a hippie. She was five years older than me. And she just like, she wanted out. She's like, yeah, come on. Is this the best we got? I mean, I want to go play. Mm-hmm. Right. So we're, also, we're like, Christina, shut up. We got to watch the moon landing. Right? <laughs> and I can just remember the land. You know what I remember the most landing on the moon, landing on the moon, landing on the moon. We had this, we didn't have a picture of it. We just had, there was a oh, C- CBS had this, CBS had this graphic from 1969 that, that looked like a graphic from 1969, you know, <laughs> and, and Walter Cronkite taking off his glasses and hmm. just going, Oh my, you can Google it. It's, and it, he's like, you know, it was a, such a profound moment in, yeah. in the history of mankind. And we shared it with the world. It wasn't hmm. just an American landing. It was a worldwide landing. And I'm not sure we could ever get that kind of, viewership again or that kind of and that's my my only intrepidation or my only problem with what's happening in space now is just there's just a very small percentage of people like you and i that care Mm. it's not it's not an overwhelming sense i mean i can't even tell you nine out of ten people don't don't even know that artemis went to the moon last year they they have no clue they're Mm -hmm. like what we went to the moon huh and Mm -hmm. and that just blows my mind because this that should have been a number one story every single day and now we've got the first African American and the first woman yeah. going to the moon, which I and first probably, Canadian, first and the non, first Canadian, non-US, yeah. right? Yeah, yeah, the Canadian. That's fine, uh. you know. That's fine. <laughs> All right, Canada. No, they're hitching a ride with us. That's cool. No, but but my point is, it's like I'm hoping that gets a little more airtime because I'm sure, Absolutely. I sure, I'm sure it will. But I mean, the enormity, and that leads us back to Sally Ride. Mm. So Christina, Christina Koch, who's going to be the pilot in that Artemis next year or yeah. whenever she, whatever she's there because of Sally ride. Mm. And that's why I built the Sally ride monument. Cause they do, uh-huh. I, you know, just walking around NASA. The only thing at the, at NASA for women is the ladies room, you know? And it's like, mm. there was just, there was nothing for women. There wasn't anything about women. There wasn't mm. no. And I thought, wow, who could I build? And of course I thought about Krista McCullough at mm. first, because believe it or not, most people remember Krista. They don't act. Sally's number two when it comes to memory. Mm. People remember Krista because she was killed, right? Mm. So I thought, well, th- that would be a great monument. Uh, but then Sally just made more sense. She was a physicist. She was an astronaut. She was the first. She went up twice, too. Yeah. And she became, it's really interesting. If you Google it, Reagan, which is, this is how I got the monument, mm. is that Reagan loved Sally. Mm. Reagan put Sally on the committee for the challenger. Sally oh, was on the he challenger. On the committee. Oh. He, he, he picked her. He handpicked her. Hmm. Because if you look at the picture, there's nine white guys with pipes. Yeah. Yeah. And Sally <laughs> <saw> the other day. <laughs> with Sally in this purple blouse. It's hilarious. I was I was sharing that with her sister. Her sister is gonna be there tomorrow. And her 99-year-old mother is gonna be there tomorrow. You were with saying her that. that's amazing. Yeah, and I feel so good to be able to bring yeah you know and her mom's still alive and, and the last shot i'm shooting a documentary as well and i've been shooting for a couple cool. of years the last shot is going to be a drone shot of of oh, right nice. on top of mrs ride as as we pull the cape and she looks up and her daughter's extended arm if any, for those that haven't seen the monument it's sally's about seven feet high l- larger than life uh, her here. hand yeah. is her hand is going into the air holding the shuttle and um mm. i actually i have I've got, a, I've got a small Sally right in, my, in the back there. But anyway, it's uh, it's uh, just, I, I'm giddy. I feel so good. You know, I just, yeah. and what it took to get to this moment, I can't even, like I said, don't get into monument making. It's not for the, it's not for the faint of heart. The, the sad, the saddest part about this is people in aerospace don't, are really apathetic when it comes to this. 
I mean, all my donors came from, I got one aerospace, Northrop Grumman, Kathy Warden, the CEO is awesome. Mm. She's just this, but you know, it took me several years to get her to finally say yes, right? Mm -hmm. So all this funding has come from private means and me just kind of swinging the bat and pounding people over the head for, you know, five grand, 10 grand, it's all nonprofit. Yeah. And it all adds up. I got about fifteen, ten thousand dollar, you know, donation. Yeah. But you would think a CEO at a major aerospace company who's making millions would, you know, stroke a check for two hundred fifty grand. I mean, what's the sure. big deal, right? Just no interest. So mm. that's my shoulder. That's my my beast of burden, right? You know. Right. But it's okay. It's like I care. And the yeah. reason apollo 11 exists and the reason apollo 13 exists and a reason sally ride at the cradle of aviation exists and the reason sally ride exists here in california is because i care and that's really once again part of the story is like if you have a vision and you care and you overcome and you improvise and you adapt and you swing the bat every single day you can't fail in this country you you just it might not be like i wanted to do a movie my vision was to do a movie with buzz aldrin and it morphed Mm. into something even better Yeah, well, and, and, you know, the whole reason this podcast exists is because I took a shot in the dark and aimed aimed really high, you know, and I, I ended up at a place that I, I, you know, this was like a digital resume for me when I first started this. And so it's become where I get to talk to people like yourself, right, and make connections and, and get to do the thing that I think I really wanted to do. I just didn't know at the time. Um, and it's, it's weird like that. You, you do learn those things when you put the effort in. Um, you know, and my family comes from Greece, you know, I'm second generation, uh, Greek American. Um, so I've seen the, the, you know, the American dream play out and, you know, family, both sides came over with a restaurant and, you know, built up so the families could, you know, could live in America and gave us the opportunity where my generation now we can go do what, you know, we can go follow our dreams while they were helping build those, you know? Um, so I think what you're doing is, is hugely important. And I think, it's going to take more people like ourselves and some of the folks who are, are online talking about space all the time to get these aerospace companies to think a little bit more human and less technical or just just improve, right? Just get a balance of the two because well, I really think that's part of it. They're thinking bottom line. And this is this yeah. is so this this this. Let me tell you what. If I was running an aerospace company, I would have the Apollo 11 monument in my lobby. Mm-hmm. I would have in my lobby to inspire a new generation of Americans because I work with the greatest sculptors in the world. I, I don't build monuments. I'm a visionary. Mm. So uh, Mark and George Lundeen, which are brothers out of Loveland, Colorado, with the master sculptor Joey Boehner, who's their heir apparent. These folks, and I'm not saying this because I work with them and they're my partners. I'm saying it because it's a fact. Yeah. They are the greatest American sculptors in the history of this country, bar none. Mm. I mean, bar none. And if you look at their work, and you can Amazing. go to it's and they do everything by hand. They mm. don't do add no, no computer aided drafting. They do everything from mm. photo. You should see their. their I was going to ask how that process worked. Yeah. Well, download most of their people like Sally or have passed away. Right. Uh, we got real lucky with Buzz. In fact, mm. Buzz, Buzz is a good friend of mine. I mean, I've, I, I got pictures and videos of Buzz coming. I went and picked him up in Denver when the when the monument because the monument is a it's a hot wax bronze golden bronze uh uh process so the first 90 days 120 days it becomes a piece of clay Mm. so i was able to convince buzz to come to denver and um see his monument before Mm. we turn it and it was just it was and he couldn't have been kinder i mean a hundred of the townspeople it was like mayberry rfd you know i thought 
I felt like I felt like Andy Griffith that I was with Rod Howard. Dun, 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 you know, and we yeah. picked him up with his new hot wife. He's got a beautiful wife, you know, Anka, who's a lovely soul. And, and he couldn't have been nicer. And he shook hands and he held babies and he took pictures. And I mean, he was just, you know, and he was pretty giddy. Yeah. He was like, so that was the first time. And it was really interesting to watch the sculptors interact with Buzz because after that, George comes up, he goes, man, everybody I work on is dead, you know? So it's so yes. amazing to be able to, in fact, he did, he changed the monument after meeting Buzz. So wow. if you look, if you Google the Apollo 11 monument at the Kennedy Space Center, you will see a bunch of dust and dirt on the pants of Buzz and Neil. Mm. It actually looks like it's dirty, but that is, that is the, Buzz said, you know, uh, when we, when I jumped uh, off the limb, um, all this dust blew up and George goes, Oh, I got a great idea. Let's put some dust on the pants. So that oh, even, though, Oh yeah. It looks dirty, but it, it is dirty, but it's, it's, it's purposely yeah. dirty. It's, I mean, it looks, it's moon dust. So had Buzz not showed up that day and, 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 you know, he Buzz said, well, I, I think you should put moon dust on the pants. <laughs> he was talking about his experience and, and another thing, when I had Buzz in the car one day, I used to take him to the airport. One day, the moon was on my left. Mm. And I mean, I have, I have this on tape. And I said, uh, I used to call him Colonel Aldrin. He's a general now. He just became a general. I saw. I, said, <laughs> I, was, I was there. It was awesome. 500 people. Oh, that's to so cool. And I said, uh, excuse me, Colonel Aldrin, I was, I was with my wife. You know, I said, um, where did you land? And it was, dude, it was so awesome. He goes, uh, well, Steve, if you look up uh, to the right quadrant, uh, you know, X59, uh, longitude 60. I'm like, oh, my God. I've got, <laughs> I've got the second man on the moon pointing to the moon, telling me where he landed, right? Amazing. I'm, that was one of the greatest experiences <laughs> of my life, right? So my vision and my, my, my journey doesn't pay a lot of money, mm. but it does pay dividends unlike anything else and something else I'd like to share with your 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 viewers and, and, and listeners that right after uh, I came back from Loveland Colorado with the Apollo 11 and with with Buzz I went into the Peninsula Hotel to get a cup of coffee and I very seldom go there and I saw a guy with a NASA jacket on and I said god the guy looks really familiar and I said excuse me sir are you are you with NASA he goes yeah Al Warden Apollo 15 uh, I'm like oh my god I'm like Al and I said, I built the monument. I'm going to unveil it in three. Oh, he goes, I heard about you. He goes, oh, he, he goes, there's a guy you got to meet. He's like, hey, Mike, come here. And I'm like, Mike, <laughs> dude, it's Michael Collins. Holy. And, yeah, I mean, I, and I was just like, I fell over myself. I'm like, uh, Mr. Collins, uh, my name's Stephen Barber. And uh, I'm, I'm talking over myself. Because yeah. like for me, to meet this guy is like, you know, that's like for most people meeting, uh, you know, their their favorite movie star or something. Yeah, right? totally. And I like, and I showed him the picture of him, which he had not seen. He goes, oh, he goes, uh, it was about a year before both of them died. They died yeah. both died about a year later. And uh, he goes, oh, I'm a pretty good looking guy. I go, <laughs> <laughs> and I was just, it was just miraculous. So I'm on this miraculous, mm. extraordinary journey to shine the light on American exceptionalism like no no one else on earth. Because what's great about this is there's a million podcasters, there's a million filmmakers, there's a thousand directors, there's, you know, but there's only one guy building monuments to the greatest heroes in the world in the space mm. program, and that's me. And I don't know why. I, I can't mm. explain. But I, I, I tell you, man, it's very joyful. As you can, it's very, yeah. uh, it's very rewarding. I wake up in the morning right now as you and I are speaking. There's probably 70, 80, 100 people in front of the Apollo 11 taking selfies, taking pictures, 
there's probably 100 people in the Apollo 13 right now taking yeah. pictures. There's there's kids at the cradle of aviation. Tomorrow there'll be, you know, so over, you know, that is really rewarding. And I think about that all the time mm. as I'm walking, knowing that I, I kind of wish I had cameras. Like I yeah. wish I had some some GoPros so I could kind of see. <laughs> but I've, I've been to all the monuments after, you know, in the last couple of years and just went in there on my own and just kind of sat there and, and sat on the ground and, and watched hundreds of people come out and get mm. blown away by them and take selfies. And it's really... Like I said, there's no dough in that. It would be nice if everybody yeah. who took a selfie, I got a dollar. That would <laughs> right, right. That would be great. Yeah, that'd be cool. <laughs> but it doesn't, it doesn't work like that. So. Yeah. Well, that's that's beautiful, man. I mean, I think um, there's something really special about the creative process. How much it gives you in things that are for the soul and for your mind and body and stuff like that. Like, it, it really is. Uh, it would always be great if it paid more money, but you, you get you get it in different ways. Um, how did you Absolutely. meet Buzz? Buzz and I met 25 years ago at an event. Then he used to come to. The, uh, I used to be one of the uh, producers on a on a Oscar party called the Night of the Hundred Stars, which is now defunct, mm. with this legendary producer named Norby Walters. And uh, Buzz used to come to this. I knew his first wife. I knew Lois really well. Uh. They used to come every single year. We just became very good friends, and we used to go out and have dinner. And uh, my father was a General Motors engineer and worked on the moon buggy and stuff. So that was kind of our connection. And then he, what happened was he let me do a story. I about three years into knowing him, I asked him if I could write a story. And you have to understand, Buzz, 2003, 2004, isn't the Buzz Aldrin that he is today. Mm. He had dancing with the stars. Yeah. He was, you know, he was still a regular astronaut, just, you know, just kind of quiet, right? Wasn't. Mm. And um, I had done a story on him and I got it. Uh, it was my first story that ever got published. It was called Space Flight Magazine. Mm. And uh, it was in the Britain, and they and I it was called What the Buzz, right? You know, what's the buzz? Oh, nice, nice. I still have it, and it got published, and that kind of got me into my my journey. That was the beginning of the seeds that I didn't even know that were germinating. I had no mm. idea. So, I mean, this all has been done very organic. Mm. I didn't look for this, I did not. Like, I'm a filmmaker, right? I make movies, right. I tell stories, but like yourself, because one door closed. You, you had to get creative. I'm like, okay, what can I do? Mm -hmm. well, I well, well, podcasting is growing. You know, you know, let me try this, right? So, you know, ingenuity and, 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 and lack of opportunity can also, you know, rejection is the greatest motivator in the history of the world. Boy, I mean, it's, it, 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 it is. I mean, had I not gotten rejected on that film yeah. by Buzz, and not by Buzz, but by what was going on in his family at that moment, mm. um, I, I wouldn't even be talking. None of this would be happening. None of these monuments... You know, all these monuments that are, you know, $5 million worth of monuments that the world is seeing now are all built because I needed a project because yeah. I had lost, I lost something that was dear to me. So mm -hmm. I, 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 like I said, I had my best idea at 57. Yeah. So it sometimes it I would have, I would have liked to have come up with this 25 years ago, but <laughs> because Patriot was a lot, was a lot stronger yeah. It was, it was an easier sell. Well, the world, yeah, I'd probably re be retired now, but this is, for lack of a better word, we'll use the word God, whatever the energy is that's allowing sure. us to talk. And, the universe, you know, whatever, whatever, yeah. Motivating me has got me on this journey for a reason. Mm. And I'm just getting started. You know, I, I, yeah. I, I want to build all the Apollo monuments. I want to build Challenger. I want to build Columbia. Mm. Uh, we, we have, the, I didn't build Richard Husband. Richard Husband was the pilot on the Columbia 2003 
Uh, he's at the Amarillo Airport. Uh, it's mm. gorgeous in the orange jumpsuit. Cool. Uh, I, um, I didn't build that, but the Lundin sculptors build that. But it's it's gorgeous. It's been there about twenty years. Mm. And um, so we 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 have a shuttle astronaut that we built. I mean, myself and the Lundin sculptors are the leaders in the space monument world. And mm. the, and even if somebody wanted to start building space monuments, I did just to try to do it at the level my guys do it at. I mean. These guys are in their 70s. They've been sculpting for 58 years. Oh, they're you know? masters, yeah. They're, they're masters. And that, that they are absolute masters. They, and how they do it and watching them do it has just been an unbelievable learning curve for me because it's not fast. You know, once I get the deal, no. like, hey, guys, I got the deal. Here's the first payment. Let's go, right? Yeah, yeah. Okay, uh, yeah, Barbara, <laughs> get back to it in six months, right? I'm like, oh, six months, right? <laughs> it's, it's, it's a very slow process, but very rewarding. That's great. I, I'm, you know, we're, I'm a maker here, you know, with 3D printing and, and designing stuff. So like, I'm, I'm fascinated by the, the journey of making something because it, it always seems to be painful, regardless of how easy it seems like it's going to be. It's always a painful process. So like, I'm, I'm interested in your nine months of getting this done, because I think it's something, especially right. for folks who are, who want to get into the space industry. There's a lot of folks who listen to this podcast who, you know, got out of STEM or always thought about it and they're thinking about it. Talk about the pain of, of doing this because it is worth it, but it, it's something that I don't think many people say right off the bat. So I'd, I'd love, now that it, you're at the, the precipice of the next day when it's finally revealed, yeah. where are you right now? <laughs> but I'm, I'm a mess because I've got... <laughs> Sorry I've got, to laugh. I just I know this well. <laughs> I've got a very high maintenance, beautiful, clean wife. We're going one day. We're going one. We're going to a hotel for one night, and she's packing for seven hours. I'm like, sweetheart, <laughs> and I, was like, I got that going on, right? And um, it, it's good. I, I got to be real honest. I'll be glad when I'm through. I've done this one, two, three, four times now. All right. Mm. So this is my first unveiling. This is going to be the going to be the grandest. The cradle was great. Apollo 11 was okay. Um, NASA wasn't really excited about me controlling the narrative, so I didn't have much to do mm, there. Okay. Apollo 13, we did it in the middle of COVID, so it was it was horrible. The Apollo 13, mm. really, un, it, you know, I was grateful to get it done. Right. I literally first payment for a hundred grand like a week before the world went crazy. You're right, right when they yeah. remember that week. That's we're crazy. Yeah, so that was I, a wild week. Yeah, I thought I was gonna lose it. I thought, oh my god, you know, and then literally that day when the craziness hit the money hit the bank and i'm like okay i got it we're in <laughs> oh i was lucky. all through covid money kept coming wow. in my monument was being built we didn't have to worry about it because we have a closed studio right but the the unveiling was incredibly disappointing i mean i mean jim was there jim lovell fred hayes um everybody had masks on it was real it was just a bummer it was like oh you know but it got done it's 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 sure. unveiled. I'd, I'd like to have a re a re-unveiling yeah. of the but um it's just exciting, man. It's just, uh, there's going to be several thousand people tomorrow. It's open to the public. I've gotten a lot of media. I was on the front page of the Malibu times a couple of days ago. Um, uh, the local radio station, which is in LA, the local radio station is millions of people. Right. So mm, right. and uh, the Reagan library is a pretty powerful entity. They've got it all over their website. They've been mm. blasting, um, uh, you know, uh, uh, NBC nightly news has, has done a piece that that'll be the last mm. piece tomorrow night in fact the last component of this is we shot it last week it took 12 hours to shoot it's a 90 second segment but you know yeah. oh yeah 90 seconds could take a while <laughs> i have to shoot because they're not going to screw up i have to 
shoots and I've got two camera guys and a video guy. So I have to shoot the unveiling with the Cape coming off mm. and with three minutes, I got to send that to NBC so they can cap that off as their last shot because the, the, right. the, that segment. Yeah. There's a lot going on, man. And plus I have, you know, I've got my, um, where's my, I got my speech right here. I've been, you know, I got my speech, I've been oh, practicing speech. Hi hey, everybody. Well, you know, it's like, so, yeah. you know, I got, got the speech. I got NBC News. I got three camera guys. I've got 3,000 people. Uh, but it's awesome. I mean, it's yeah. just like, you know, but I just want to, it's like getting shot out of a cannon. I'm just like, right. okay, let's just through this. I'm going to feel great once. It, it's, it's, it's bittersweet because I don't want it to end because, yeah. you know, at 2 o'clock tomorrow, I'm unemployed, right? Right. <laughs> it's like, Right. Like, the, the next journey starts, whatever that is. Yeah. Well, I'm Ellen Ochoa, who's the first Hispanic woman in space, and I've already raised $50,000. And, you know, but I have to literally on July 5th, I've got to get on the phone. So what I do is I'm going to take all this creative that doesn't mm. exist, take all the video and all the pictures of, you know, we've yeah. got five years and Sally Ride's mom is going to be there and her sister and her wife and the kids. And it's, you know, so yeah. I'm going to have all this creative. And this has never existed before. There's never been a right. female now. Not monument on the west coast hmm. uh there's and this is the first non ronald reagan monument in the history of the library in oh. years they've never done this before um but they started and once again it was just kind of like where you know where fate came my way they just started a reagan defense forum part hmm. of the library got a hundred million dollar stealth fighter they've got a f-14 oh. tomcat the tom cruise tomcat plane Sweet. they've got an Abrams tank and Sally at the game. She's going to be kind of when people walk out of Air Force One. I don't know if you've ever been to the Reagan Library, but they have I the seven. Yet, no, it's awesome. It's an yeah. incredible library. They've actually have an entire pavilion where the 707 is located and President Reagan's helicopter. Oh. And his, oh no, dude, it's unbelievable. It's just like it's it's massive. It's probably 200,000 square feet and you get to walk oh. the plane and. And it's, oh, they got, that's pretty sweet. They got a mannequin holding the nuclear football. It's hilarious. Wow. You know, and, and you look at this technology. This was Kennedy's plane. Right. It was Lyndon Johnson's plane. It was Jimmy Carter's plane. It was uh, George Bush one's first plane before the, the 747 didn't come until 91. Right. Wow. So you look at this, the tech technology and it's ancient, right? It's like a set. It's like a 707, but it's yeah. so cool. Pristine. And it's the blue and white. So as soon as they walk out of that, there's Sally holding the shuttle, hmm. guiding people back to the to hmm. the Abrams stealth fighter and the F-14. So, you know, and I didn't know they were building that. And, like, I didn't know they were building a moon garden at the Kennedy Space Center. Like, yeah. so I guess the harder I work, the luckier I get. Yeah, it's it's funny how that works. <laughs> but it's like more more shots at digging up another nugget of gold or something somewhere, right? It's like it's there, but if you don't dig, it, you're not going to get to it. Right. I mean, I get up every morning and I, I make 100 phone calls a week. I, yeah. I send 100 freaking emails. Uh, and it's it's literally, I'm a cold caller. I've yeah. never had a trip in my life. <laughs> it's like, it's like, I'm, I'm a one-off. I'm Steve Barber, the one-off. Um but it's cool because I, there's nothing really uh, when I think about everyone I've worked with from Rocket Mortgage, which was a cold call, mm. uh, David Granger, the Granger Corporation, which was a cold call, mm. um, you know, all these independent, you know, everyone I've called on was anyone I knew. I just 
I called them up and I said, Hey, this is a really good project for your company. Give me a couple of minutes and let me tell you why. Yeah. And, and I have a lot of passion and people, you know, it's never about the money because everyone I call on is a gazillionaire. You know, I mean, everyone, no, 250 grand is not a lot of dough. 300,000 bucks is not a large amount of money for an aerospace company. Now I'm not yeah. undervaluing a quarter million dollars. That's a lot of dough, but yeah. for, what I'm bringing to you, and it's not, it just really isn't. Yeah, the ask isn't outrageous. It is, it isn't. And, it, and yeah. it's so, it's so simpatico with what you're doing. Right. Mm. And um, anyway, it's, it's like I said, it's my honor. It's uh, I, I'm 24 hours away. In fact, this, this is the difference between being 62 and 22. So 40 years ago, I would have went out last night mm -hmm. and all the clubs <laughs> handed out my business to people. And I thought about it, and then I was watching Seinfeld. It was about 7 o'clock. I said, you know, with my luck, I'll go out. Somebody will cream into my car. I'll get in a car wreck. I'm like, if I just stay in this bed, I'll be able to wake up in the morning and get on the Space Today podcast, right? <laughs> <laughs> so, but that's the difference age. I would have never thought about that 20, 30 years ago. I just would have went out. But yeah. now I'm like, you know, I only I have one more car drive today. Later this afternoon, I got to go four miles that way and get into a hotel, and, which is a mile away from the Reagan Library. Oh, beautiful! And then I'm safe, right? Because yeah. I wasn't going to. I, I I would not risk this. I have to be there tonight. I can't. You know, there could be. This is L.A. Yeah. Uh, you know, we, and we had an earthquake a couple nights ago, and I was like, really? oh. No. <laughs> well, we just a shaker, like a three or four yeah, yeah. overnight, like a just a four, no big deal, right? So you guys are used to that, I guess. <laughs> That was something I thought of. Going, oh yeah. my God, please. Like, <laughs> because a major earthquake would, would, would halt this thing. This would not, totally. you know. So I'm like, okay, just God, wait till July 5th for the big one. <laughs> please, right? So. Well, that's great. It's, Steven, I, I have really enjoyed learning about your story. Like, um, I think. I mean, I'm I'm optimistic. I've talked to a few folks like uh, like Jordan Noon, um, who is the CTO of uh, Relativity Space, and I've asked a few other folks who work in the industry. Like, do you think that space has the potential to make the future a better place, a more fantastic place? Um, and I, I think their answers have been that it's not going to be space itself that does that. I think they're caught up, and and you you could tell me because you know a lot of these folks who work in these. Uh, aerospace companies, I think there's a lot of human endeavor and accomplishment that we could take away from it. But I see uh, there's so much focus on the technical and not about, you know, what could be done, you know, thinking real big. Um, what do you think about that? Do you think what space is doing right now is going to help change the future? Or is it going to be something else that, that does that? Yeah, I disagree with Jordan. Space is the, future, the mm -hmm. dream. The hope it always has been since Copernicus, since mm. Galileo. You know, it's like, can you imagine what Galileo would? I mean, that could you imagine if we could bring him back right now? That he he mm. wouldn't even conceive that we we landed on another world, that we've gone to Mars, that we've gone to Pluto. Um, the, the the thing is, space space is so vast and so overwhelming. And I mean, this telescope, this Webb telescope, blows my mind. It's like, yeah. <laughs> out there right now. Just, yeah. Scanning the universe, which, uh, you know, I, I, I felt really small before the web went up there. And now I feel in, in we are so we are so insignificant in the scheme of this universe, which is so incomprehensible. However, that's what 
that we don't have to worry about that because our we we're here, we're on Earth. This is our significance. We you know, you don't have to get you don't have to get out of whack because the universe is still expanding, right? It's like right, right, right. now the universe has been expanding for thirteen point four billion years. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. Wrap your brain around that, right? Yeah. <laughs> that all we have to do is enjoy this experience, mm. and what does gives what space does is because we can't really get there we we, we can get there and, and we we are getting there but i'm saying what it does is it, it drives the human mind to explore and mm-hmm. it opens up the cerebral cortex and the cerebellum and the synaptic cleft that would would never have that kind of opening if you just stuck to terrestrial stuff mm-hmm. so when you and when you see these i go to the mars rover all the time and i look at these pictures of mars and and when I first heard, it was really profound for me because I, I met the guy who put the microphone on the uh, the Curiosity or whatever the name of the rover is up there. And I when I heard the wind for the first time, it sounded like wind, but it was wind from another planet. Hmm. And that has never, that has never, ever, ever, ever happened before. <laughs> and, and that, blew, I mean, I listen to it once a month now. I just, cool. I, I, that, and it's like, and then the, the the guy, in fact, the guy's a rock and roller, right? So like the morning I met him, he was all hungover. And, his, and I was like, <laughs> he goes, well, a buddy of mine worked at JPL and he knew I worked with these microphones and he knew I played guitar. And so they invited me in and then I explained to them how this should work. And I'm thinking, and he didn't really understand the profundity of it. I said, yeah. dude, you, I said, you're the first person in the mankind to bring sound from another world and he's like i'll hop over and he's like oh, yeah, man. yeah you're kind of guy <laughs> right so yeah it's just it's endless yeah. all you know i i always liken things like i said the greatest idea i've been thought of not even close uh the wheel has been around what six thousand years right mm. seven thousand years and we 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 uh dragged our suitcases around for you know till 1991 right? it was yeah. like yeah. <laughs> look at <laughs> look at pictures of me as a little kid i'm dragging my got my grandfather i'm holding got a suitcase under here and one day some guy in 89 was was at the dallas airport or wherever and uh and he looked and he said he saw people dragging their suitcases and he went oh wait a minute i've got an idea let's put a wheel on a suitcase like why did that take until the late 80s or the 90s and and i always think about who is that guy yeah and that's my point is like nobody had ever thought about building Apollo 11 or if they had, they didn't accomplish it. Yeah. And I don't know why, but that was, that was my wheel moment. Mm. That was every one of us, all 8 billion of us have a wheel moment. Mm-hmm. We all have that in us. And that's why there's so many hundreds of millions of songs because it's endless. The, yeah. the way you put together notes, so just, you can, you know, we, you, you could write a great number one hit tomorrow that nobody's ever heard. Right. Right. So, Every human being has the capability of coming up with the next greatest idea. That's mm. what I've learned because until I was 57, yeah, I'd made some movies. I'd had a modicum of success. And, you know, but there were, like I said, there was a million other filmmakers. Right. There were a million. And then when I came up with my, I call it my wheel moment mm. with Apollo 11, that's when I went, oh my God, well, if I can do this, mm. I, I'm just getting started. Right. So what it did is it opened up all these doors mm. in my mind never opened before and that's what the human mind is such it's so compartmentalized there's so many doors that are shut that other doors will not open up until Mm. certain things 
that's and that's what I'm learning as I go through this journey from for me yeah yeah no I mean you describe the the image or the premonition whatever you want to call it of like the statue and I I really do think some of those profound things happen like that and I mean the whole special relativity uh general relativity thing there were multiple people that had a very similar thought at the same time in different places around the world you know and and those people picked it up and ran with it and it it's uh it's kind of crazy um kind of crazy yeah absolutely so uh i got one last question for you um and we can go we can go wherever from this but right now i follow a lot of creators especially in the space uh area who are you know putting themselves out there talking about space and sharing stuff all the time um and you mentioned how kind of small the space industry is and how many people don't really even know that the Artemis program is going to the moon. Could, could you expand a little bit more on that? Because I feel like in the bubble of the internet, I think there's folks, I mean, I've even had this thought a few times. If there's all these people posting online, why, why should I put something else out there? Um, or, or me, Oh, they've already heard it before. Maybe it's just going to be boring. Um, could you expand on that a little bit and why that's well, probably wrong? Just, like I said, I'm a lot older than you and I'm, I'm a little more tainted, maybe a lot more tainted. The problem with the great device that we're on right here, the iPhone, which is, you know, the most profound instrument. I mean, what Steve Jobs, Steve doesn't even know what he did after he, I mean, this, this thing exploded after he died. Yeah. The amount of, here's the problem. And it's a big problem before the iPhone only certain people had a voice Mm. and to get that voice, you had to be very brilliant. You had to be bright. You had to be a, you had to be on one of the networks. You had to be a writer. You had to be a journalist. You had to be a scientist. So only a very few had a voice. And and those few that had the voice were brilliant. We're we're brilliant to get to there to where they had to get to, to be able to get their voice out there. They had to have a modicum of, they had to have great intelligence. They had to have great education. That's no longer the case. Eight billion people now have a voice, yeah. and that that is a problem because uh, seven point nine billion of those people we don't need to hear them. They have mm-hmm. nothing to say, and, <laughs> and you know it's. I mean, you've got a seventeen-year-old kid. You know, I, I go to I go to Instagram. I find Instagram just an unbelievably creative, interesting paradigm, and I see more motivational speakers that are like nineteen years old. I'm like, <laughs> life you're, coaches, you're, yeah, you're, yeah, you're twelve. You, you, you can't, there's nothing you can tell me. I'm not saying yeah. that you're not a bright guy. I'm just saying, right. I mean, you haven't journeyed. You, you know nothing. You can't mm-hmm. know anything at 19, you know, but I, I, I just find it. And that's the problem is there's so many people that we, and, and there, there's so too much clutter. Mm. There's not just clutter. There's billions. I mean, look at the podcast thing. You're actually in a very small percentile that gets 20, 30,000 downloads. That that's huge. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, because it drops off precipitously. Most, you know, everyone has a podcast, but they have about seven listeners. Right. You know, Joe Rogan is the only guy that figured it out. For some reason, he went exponentially viral, and he's got you know making a hundred million bucks a year. But he's it. Right. He's the only guy in the podcast yeah, after that it drops off. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, wildly, I could start. I've always, I could start a podcast tomorrow. I, I, I just, I, I don't unless I can be number one. I'm not interested, right? So mm. it's just, you know, uh, but that's the problem is there's too much. I can't even imagine being a 21 year old kid today or 25 year old kid. Cause the only thing they know is this iPhone. They've mm. never been to a library. There's so much disinformation. Like I said, they think, you know, I can't even tell you how many kids think we fake the moon landing. I can't even go there with them because it's not their fault. 
Right. It's the phone. It's the iPhone. It's Instagram. It's Snapchat. It's all the crap, all the minutia that we're Plus, how cheap is it to get a flight to Florida to go see it? You could probably just go any week this year and see a rocket launch. You know, it's like. Yeah. Oh, on. yeah. But the problem is it's not it's not a priority. See, the first space race, it was national pride. It was about mm. beating the Russians. It was about, you know, it was the Cold War. It was like we were coming out of World War II. Yeah. I mean, it was like it was apples and oranges. You know, none of that even exists today. People, kids don't even, you know, I, I was born 17 years after World War II. Both my grandparents were in World mm. War II. I'm a World War II filmmaker. I know what 19-year-old kids did in 1944. Mm. I know guys that climbed that freaking, that cliff on Normandy and got, you know, pummeled. By the, and I know the profundity of and and the work ethic that was America. That no longer exists. Uh, you know, I, it's above my pay grade. Mm. I've just now, I'm pretty much just an observer mm. of the insanity of what's going on because, mm. you know, at the end of the day, I've done the math. Most people die in their eighties. I'm 62. If I live to be 85, I've got 6,221 days left on earth. There you, you go. Know? Now you have three times that you have 18,000 days left on earth, right? And I'm, I'm a real pragmatist. I'm like, I got so much time. And I feel like a yeah. million dollars. I'm going to go yeah. ride my bike right now. I'm going to come up with another idea, right? <laughs> but at the end of the day, I, I got, you know, this, is a, this body is a, is, a, is a vessel that just dies. And, it, and I'm not scared. I'm not terrified or anything. But there is a lot of things I want to do before it expires. Yeah. And uh, I'm, 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 on, I'm on the back nine. I'm on the 16th hole. And, I mean, I get that. You know, you're on the third hole. Yeah. You're, you know, you're, you've got a long way of, and, and, you know, and I want you to take that away from this. I want you to realize how fortunate you are that you still have your entire life in front of you mm. and how much that you can do, because I didn't, nobody ever told me that at 33, yeah. you know, nobody, yeah. you know, at 33, I, you know, I, I was out of my mind. I, you know, I'm so, <laughs> I'm so, I'm sober 22 years. I was 25 for uh, me. Yeah. Yeah. I'm sober 22 years. Sobriety is a big part of my story wow. that I don't talk about very much but it's like sobriety is the reason you and i are talking sobriety yeah. is the reason i built these monuments um i just got mm -hmm. real lucky and i've got a lot of friends that are out there that aren't sober and that aren't you know aren't living mm -hmm. this great so that's a whole other that's a different podcast that's we, that's, should, we should do one yeah i mean my story i mean you know i was uh hopelessly addicted to cigarettes uh and and actually right before right. this podcast started I actually just transferred that addictive energy to this. Um, so I don't, I don't know if I fixed the problem, but I transferred it into something way more healthier. Um, yeah. So. Cigarettes. Yeah. I, I smoked, I quit 30 years ago, but yeah, the best thing you could yeah. have ever done. Oh my heart. God. Yeah. I know. Especially now that it's longer than I, I'm off them longer than I smoked them, which is a crazy, crazy thing. Good. Um, yeah. Thank you. Um, but we should definitely talk about that another time. I think addiction is a whole other part of the story that, uh, I think America's dealing with right now that we're not really talking about in a, in a powerful way. Well, I'm honored to be on your show, man. This is like I said, I want to, you know, if this does come out tomorrow morning, anybody's in California, we are unveiling at noon at the Reagan library. It's going to be, it's going to be a great day. It's America's birthday. It's free to the public. They're going to have presidential look likes. They're going to have barbecues. They're going to have, you know, it's going to be a very, it's I, to me, uh, and, you know, I'm a Republican, so this works out. Okay. I'm a conservative. <laughs> Republican filmmaker. And, uh, you know, for me to be at the Reagan library, mm. on July 4th, you know, it's not, it's not a place that I would have went, 
you know, I live at the beach. Yeah. I would have been, would have went down to the beach and, but uh, it's just, a, it's just, like I said, I'm being guided by forces that are much, hmm. whatever, you know, whatever's, whatever's guiding this planet and allowing us to breathe. And like, I'm one of those guys that walks around and just am amazed with all the crap we've done to this planet that we can still breathe. It's, yeah. it's, it's amazing that, you know, it's amazing <laughs> that this planet, you know, this planet and everybody's like, oh, AI, AI is going to kill us. Well, you know, I hope, you know what, if AI deems the human race is useless, then that's great. I think, you know, because the planet will take care of, everybody's like worried about the planet. The planet will take care of itself. It always has, you know, 4 million years ago, you couldn't breathe here. It was, you know, it was just a gaseous, you know, yeah. unhospitable place, you know, yeah. and, the, but the planet will eradicate any disease on it. Mm. And I think, I think, man, including myself, I mean, the amount of plastic my wife and I throw away and it's just, it's horrific. I'm like yeah. my carbon footprint. I'm one guy with a woman and a dog and a cat yeah. and my carbon footprint is horrific. It's crazy you know? when you think about it. Yeah. yeah. So anyway, other, that's like I said, that's another podcast. I'm just, that is another podcast. <laughs> I'm excited to be part of this and everybody, everybody go to space today for the rest of your life. This is the greatest podcast in the world. That's my opinion. Thanks, Stephen. I appreciate it. Um, so uh, any last words? I mean, I feel like we've we've been saying last words here for a little bit. Yes. Yes. Once you taste purpose, the taste of simply existing is completely unsatisfying. Mm. Find something that's purposeful. Forget about it's all about this whole world is about making money. I've had a lot of money. I have no money now. I'm going to have a lot of money again. I will have no money again. That's mm. who I am. That's always been the story of my life. I'm a project guy. I mm. either have a half a million in the bank or I've got 50 <laughs> bucks. And today I got 50 bucks because I just spent I spent $70,000 getting to this moment right this second to get this all set up. I spent all the money I made on the monument, which isn't a lot, just to get to this moment. And uh, it's good. Uh, July 5th, like I said, I'm unemployed and I yeah. got to go find another gig. And I've got five or six different monument deals I'm working on. But I have to start all over again, get on the phone, get that CEO on the phone, mm -hmm. convince him to talk to me, convince him to write a check. Blah blah blah. It's 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 doable. I've done it, but it it ain't for the faint of heart. Yeah. Stephen, thank you so much for being on uh, today in space. I really appreciate it. My honor. Um, uh, where where can folks find you? Um, oh, yeah. Uh, I have a film website, vanillafire.com, um, which you can see all my movies. My email's on there as well. If you want to contact me, and uh, you know, if you've got an extra seven hundred fifty grand, you want to build three space mines, I'm your guy. <laughs> I can I can help you spend your money in a in a, either a profit or a nonprofit way. Oh, the one thing I am doing this is interesting. So this was kind of a gift from this whole journey, is that a woman reached out to me from Wyoming last mm. year, Effie Ellis. She's one of the state senators. She's an indigenous. She's the only indigenous senator they've ever had there in the state of Wyoming. She was able to pass congressional or state legislation for the first Moon Day holiday, which is oh, in wow. two two weeks, July twentieth. Yeah, so oh, Wyoming, cool. Wyoming's Wyoming. the, no, it's awesome. Wyoming's the only state in the country now that July 20th will be official holiday. I think it's a Thursday. It'll, it's, uh, all the banks are closed. I mean, it's all the post offices are closed. You can Google it. It's, it's pretty wild. So I'm going out to Wyoming and get a little bit of press. I want to build uh, a duplicate Apollo 11 in the state of Wyoming. Awesome. Uh, so I'm working on that as well. But I'd also like to get some other states to recognize. And I think that's what we need to do. Hmm. Is this woman was so anti-Kardashian and so anti-Hollywood and all the crap she was seeing. She goes, you know, I want to come up with a holiday that has some meaning. Mm. So, 
and she was inspired by the Apollo 11 monument. She went down there to the Kennedy wow. Space Center. So I was like, oh, my God. So I actually inspired her to come up with this legislation that got passed, that got signed by the governor. So July 20th is the first official state holiday in the history of Wyoming for the day we landed on the moon, which is so I want to take that now. I mm. want to go back and take her inspiration that she got for me and I want to take it to the state of California. I want to take it to the state of Florida. Florida should have this. I want to take this totally. to DeSantis and say, hey, listen, let's have July 20th. I mean, we're giving holidays away like they're freaking, I'm not even going to get into the holidays that shouldn't be holidays, right? And it's like, if we should have a holiday, and we do now in one state, that recognizes the greatest feat in the history of mankind. Why wouldn't, mm. why wouldn't we, right? So anyway, that's kind of cool. So I'm working on that. Cool. Well, Stephen, keep keep at it. Keep building these monuments and spreading, uh, you know, modern stories of American exceptionalism, um, and and getting getting people inspired every time they come see it. Like I I love this Moon Day idea. Um, keep at it, man. Thanks for joining us. Stay off cigarettes. Do not smoke. That's it. That's it. See you, man. Ciao. All right. Thanks for joining us, everyone. Have a great one. Uh, happy Independence Day, and we'll see you in another episode of Today in Space. Be good. Ciao. Be good.